Today on TMJ Syndrome Podcast, we discuss on what makes a video game good. I'm Jason. I'm fucking Mitch. <laughs> I'm goddamn Tim. <clears throat> Here we go. Well, what does make a good game? I think that it's kind of one of those things we've uh, addressed a lot of a lot of times we're kind of in fits and spurts kind of giving our different opinions about what what is what is good about a video game why is it good where where in that game is it gameplay is it story is it anything um all of those things come together to just make whatever whatever kind of game and i think all three of us kind of have some different opinions about what we what we think makes a game good so I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit. Sounds fun. Oh, I mean, one of my I I'll I'll start it out. I think because one of one of the games I always talk about as one of my favorite games of all time is The Last of Us. Ugh. And uh, I know I know you, Jason. Like you you don't like that game because it's kind of like a cinematic experience. I'm doing little air quotes. Yeah. Um, but I we I always feel like the biggest thing for me that makes that makes a game really good is those real like aha like story driven moments where they're kind of like they take you through rewarding gameplay and then you have a really cool like cinematic that uh, rewards the fact that you got to that part. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that um, because one major reason, too, I'm all about immersion. And a lot of those cinematic games are still at their core video games and things that happen in video games will break you out. Like, for example, in that game, Ellie running face first into a fucking clicker and nothing happening. And then at that point, like, I'm out of the story. I'm like, oh, throwing it. It would have been a better movie in my mind. That's why I don't think they're I don't I'm hyperbolic in my my language. I don't think those games are bad per se but they're not for me and and that that's one major reason why is last of us for example is a very pretty straight line and yeah i'd rather just watch a movie which is also a very pretty straight line but i won't have to worry about and i'm not saying last of us does this but i'm not gonna have to worry about a monster doing a t-pose or my my side character you know doing something and during a stealth part that's supposed to be fucking stealthy like that's why those games annoy me Right. So that's that's an interesting, I think, a key, a key piece for that for that game, like the whole stealth mechanic in that game. And they decided specifically to make the game easier by having all of the enemies not worry about uh, Ellie's character. Yeah. I I don't know if that was necessarily them trying to make the game easier as much as it was of they they probably couldn't code the AI well enough well, to where it would it yeah. would have been a problem and so it was like and if it, if it was a problem that would have been a bigger issue for that game it yeah. was definitely a deliberate gameplay gameplay choice I'll say it that way I guess because um, like I did watch a I watched something for their where the developer were talking about that and I guess in early gameplay QA testing uh, the things would attack Ellie and <laughs> And like you couldn't get through like barely you couldn't get 
get through the game because she kept doing stupid crap. And yeah. it's like really frustrating. Well, I'll give you a better example of a game that I like, but I never play it again. Um, that does the same thing that the last of us did. It was Bioshock infinite, which got a good storyline has a way better AI companion, but it's still a fancy straight line. And I've played it once and I don't have a desire to play it again. If it were a Blu-ray, I'd pop it in and watch it again. Cause it had that. That's what that game was. It was narratively driven and had a really good narrative, but as a video game, I don't have the desire to go back and do it again. So is your problem with the the fancy straight line in that the game is only going to go in one direction? Yeah. So a good example. So that let's look at Chrono Trigger, for example, a game that neither of you have played. Chrono Trigger has a default ending and then 25 additional endings. Those endings don't matter. They're, they're trashy, kind of jokey endings. They're not there to make the game flavor. There's probably like two that are serious, but the rest are kind of jokes. But I can replay Chrono Trigger to this day with the same narrative going forward. But because of how expansive it is, it is, I will find something different every single time I play that video game. And either that's because the Super Nintendo allowed them to do that back then, that to add all this additional shit to make the game different. And because of the ability to beat the game whenever I want to, because in Chrono Trigger... The way you trigger additional endings is after you beat the game the first time, it's the first game that coded New Game Plus. The first one. They had New Game Plus before, but it was never called New Game Plus. When New Game Plus activates, you can go back and fight the final boss anytime you want to within the timeline, and that changes the ending. So based on those mechanics, that game, although having a linear storyline, is a non-linear game because you can keep playing it over and over again and getting a different thing in the, in the same video game. So yeah, I have a desire to replay Chrono Trigger, but I'm not trashing Bioshock Infinite because when I first played it, it's an amazing game, but I have no desire to play it again because turns out there is no difference for me throwing the baseball at the beginning. There is no difference for some of the other choices if I choose the cage or the bird. like Heads or tails. Bingo. Yeah. My, my reasoning for replaying that story is minimal. If that were a movie and I could put it on while I do the dishes, and then after that's done, I can sit down and finish watching the movie. Then I do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, and I think that brings up like a, one of the biggest, um, in my eyes, failures, failure video games of our time, uh, Mass Effect 3. Yep. Right? Because that, that one was like the epitome of your choices matter. But they didn't until until the end (laughs) when it turned out they didn't. Yeah. Right. And I think in so in my head, when I think about linear video games with the linear driven story and uh, and a and a video game that you can go through and like kind of figure out where you're going to end, depending on the choices that you take. Mm -hmm. I don't. For me, I don't like the idea of having to replay it to get a different ending because I know that I probably won't. Uh, I'm, when I sit down to play a video game, especially if I'm going to you know, invest 40 hours into it or whatever, I want, I'll take whatever video game ending that I want to get and or I'll, I'll take what I get based off the choices that I make. And I might look into some of the other endings. Um I know that I did that uh, a couple times with uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. 
there's a couple different endings that you can get to that game depending on um some of the choices that you make and some of the things that you do and people that you do or don't kill and and whatnot and uh i had a a save right before the final boss fight that i played out a couple different ways just to see kind of what would happen and um that is okay to me and i like the thought of the story progressing as i progress but not i don't want to be driven through a linear story with a different ending only to be have to go through and replay the story so i can unlock the other endings uh yeah. i guess i'll give a good example though and it doesn't actually have to be about different endings it has to be about replayability Baller's Gate 1 and 2. I can infinitely replay, and the story never really changes that much. Uh, your dialogue in that game has effects on the smaller scale, mo- mostly with your party members, but there's really only two different choices in that game, good or evil, right? But because of how complex that game's combat is, because it uses D&D mechanics, and because it has such a huge uh, laundry list of classes that you can play, People are still playing Baldur's Gate 1 and, t- 1 and 2 to this day, and that's why everyone's hyped for 3. Because Not because the story was magnificent, because honestly, it's Baldur's Gate 1's story is really fucking boring, and I think 2 is mightily okay. I don't play it for the storyline. I play it because the game, because it had D&D mechanics, and that back then, that was a well-crafted system, is fun. You know what I'm saying? And in Chrono Trigger's case, too, I've been playing that game since I was 12 years old. Um, I don't, when I replay the game, I just have the option of doing something different. And that, why that's what that game still feels fresh to this day. If that makes sense. Whereas in order to get the Bioshock infinite story, not trashing the game, by the way, I really like the game. I have to sit down for 10, 12 hours where it's probably on a, on a TV screen. It's probably a three hour movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, and I think that brings up a good distinction too, because yeah. you're, at at what point, um, or you know, depending on the different game, you're playing the game for either the story, or on the other hand, you're playing a good game that also has a good story. That's the right? kind of game I prefer. Yes, and I, I would think that is, uh, I think Divinity, Divinity Original Sin Two falls under that category as well. Well, yeah, there's a lot I of mean, people that replay the shit out of that game right have now. Have you too. seen its build community? Yeah. It's it's community on different builds. It's it's got a uh, a rampant, vibrant multiplayer community because of the builds and because of the different ways you can approach different things in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the types of games I gravitate to. I don't, you know, I, I'd be a giant hypocrite to say I don't like those games existing because my favorite game series up until two thousand and eight was Metal Gear Solid, and then once four happened, I was satisfied with what it was done, and then. Four was honestly an abysmal video game, in my opinion. It 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 was a giant fucking cutscene. It was the biggest one of all the Metal Gear games, and I was only, I was only invested because I wanted to see this game series that I grew up with end. But once it ended, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! I don't want to play this game anymore because it's not a game. That one, that one is the most over the top in terms of cutscenes of any game I've ever it's played. It's so it the ending is 2 hours long. It is. It's insane. And sounds it, like a Squeenix game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like the Metal Gear games I actually thought um is a really good example for me of when I think of when I think about games that have rewarding gameplay 
with rewarding cinematics and story driven content. Um, because like the gameplay in in those games is challenging, depending on how you play it. Especially like especially like two. That one's like stealth is a lot more important in that game. Um, yeah. And so like it's a lot more challenging and you get you get really in at least I get really into it and it'll be like, oh my god, like have to sneak and you figure out the puzzle of how you sneak over here and then you complete the thing and then you get a cinematic and it lets you let you relax for a little bit where you're like, wow, this is this is a cool story. And then you and then you get back in the gameplay. I like that kind of like switch off between challenging gameplay with um with cinematic experiences that like show cool things and explosions and wow factor right um i thought they and then you know obviously Metal Gear solid 4 they went incredibly over the top with that yeah i actually insane. i was actually i enjoyed Metal Gear solid 5 a lot up until uh, chapter three <laughs> yeah i mean it didn't end super strong but the, like the game the game and its gameplay were like pretty good i thought yeah, well, they had finally, he finally found the balance. Like, by that time, you know, I'll bring up Bioshock again. Bioshock 1 story is mostly told in real time through audio codecs within the game. And Metal Gear definitely picked up on that, uh, 5 at least. I had cutscenes, but like, you could be doing a, you know, a mission and then you got Kaz yelling at your ear while you're playing the game. Which is a lot better than being stationary and listening to two talking heads talk to each other. Like back when people, when we were kids, when we first saw that in, you know, the Sony PlayStation era with Metal Gear 1, and I guess even before that with like adventure games and stuff like that, like you're like, oh my God, it's so cool. Her. But after a while, when you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, not doing anything, it's just like, Jesus Christ. You know, I don't really, it's funny, people are going to get mad at me. When I feel nostalgic about Metal Gear Solid 1, I don't play the video game. I just go look up the cutscenes online because I don't want to play it anymore. It's not that fun. Right. <laughs> well, and I guess that for me is the interesting thing because I've always, I've always heard this, like, uh, the argument that you're making about replayability of a game is what makes a game good. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've always been on, like, exact, almost exactly the same as, like, how Mitch is saying where I very rarely have ever replayed a game i'll play a game get the entire experience i'll get whatever ending and then that's it like i'm like wow that was a good game or wow that was a shit game and i just move on and like so replay the replayability of a game doesn't ever play in to well, let me let's make a distinguish though single player games you guys replay games all the time you play siege every all the time ff14 you are replaying that game Yes, that okay, yes, that is a good okay. distinction to make. Yeah. You definitely replay video games. Okay. The ones that so, you the single player games you want you don't you have played maybe because of your taste doesn't need to be replayed because I wouldn't replay them either. <laughs> Does that make sense? That, that is a good point. Like <laughs> yeah. well and like like the kind of the kind of game that is a single player experience where you have to play the entire single player campaign to get a different Indian or something like that like I've just never been interested in that um, but yeah that is a good point when in terms of multiplayer in terms of multiplayer games it's like a completely different side of the coin 
Right. Like, multiplayer games, a good multiplayer game to me is something that has infinite replay, infinite repeatability <laughs> within some kind of gameplay, small loop. arc where yeah. it's like, you know, 15 minutes, five minute rounds in siege, right? Rainbow Six Siege, where I'm always restarting at the same spot and it progresses or Starcraft. It's a 15 minute Starcraft match. Both people start in the same in the same position and then the game progresses. And then when it's done, when we want to play another game, it restarts at the same in the same way. Yeah. So there are single player games that have those those fun multiplayer type gameplay loops. I would say the Souls games are 100 percent those types, even though they do have multiplayer mechanics can be played by yourself, though. Um, so, so okay, I'm happy that you brought that up. Why is the Souls games different? Because the Souls games are games that I've... It is a single-player game. It is a pretty linear story, right? There's, there's... I mean, other than the fact that you can... I guess you could try to kind of go wherever you want and, and do things in a different way. Mm-hmm. For the most part, every time I replay it, it's I'm always going through it pretty similar to the first time I went through it. But why why do I replay that when I won't replay like um I you know the the God of War came out for a PS4 and I thought that was a great game um design-wise uh artistically uh story driven like everything I really enjoyed playing that game. So I will good. never pick it up again or Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn. I love that game, but I'll never pick it up again. But why will I pick up Dark Souls? Because Souls is not developed to give you a one-time story experience. Uh, what was amazing about Dark Souls 1, for example, is when... I'm going to spoil the game, by the way. Um, when, you first, when people first... Um, and I'm not even going to bring up Demon Souls, but when people first beat Dark Souls and they all took the same ending, they all jumped into the bonfire, nobody knew that there was a secret darker ending. And the reason was, is you had to do things in a different order in the video game um, to get to that point. So what, you had to kill a specific boss called the Four Kings before um, you uh, talked to King, uh, King, Kingmaker Frampt or something like that. And if you kill the four kings before that, then another of those giant slugs comes out of the abyss, and that gets you into the Dark Wraith cult, and then that tells you how to get a different ending. They call it the the the, the darkness ending or the world of darkness ending. And because the way Souls as a video game is built, even though you might do the same things over and over again, you might be playing a caster this time, or you might be playing a sword and board, you know. Uh, dude, or you might go for a two-hander, or you might go for a faith build, or you might do all these things. It has all these all these aspects that you can do differently, and it also has all these different weapon systems that make your character different. So it's an aspect always different, and people still play it to this day, for that matter, for that reason. See, I would say, like I I agree. Like the main, I think the main thing just about the Souls games is I would say like the story in those games like is really not that relevant like the gameplay and what you're doing what like the gameplay as you go through is really what their focus is but if you go for the story and you do you search for it and you hunt for it it's a pretty good story it's a really good one yeah. you'd like it a lot i guarantee it 
Yeah. See, and I think I think that's a big distinction too, right? Is that you have to hunt for the story. Like this entire time, I've also been thinking about Skyrim. Yeah. And Skyrim is, I think, very similar. Yep. To, you know, what we just described for Dark Souls, in that you can you can choose a different class to play. You can choose a different play style, level up different things, level up a dagger, level up casting, level up whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, archery, sneak. Um, and on top of that, you don't even have to go through and do nope. the main story. I, I've, I think I've started two or three characters where after I've beaten that game where I am like, oh, you know, in my first playthrough, I didn't join the Thieves Guild. So I'm going to make a rogue and I'm going to go join the Thieves Guild and do Thieves things and and just kind of play that out. And I like I like having to search for the story and i think i think there's a time and place for both of it right uh, i don't think that that necessarily belongs in in every single video game because on the one hand if if i'm wanting to go through and sit down and play something where it's just kind of like a, a fun uh more chill game god of war is great Yep. Right, I can sit down on the couch. I can play it. I can get my story. Last of Us. I can sit down it. I can play the story, and I can you know understand it and and do everything like that. But on the opposite hand, you have those more. It, I think it's a more engaging game when you have to actually go through and 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 hunt for what you are wanting to do. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like. Skyrim is a good example of the reason why that game is so good and and people continue to play it is one mods and two for example if I go to Dark Brotherhood uh storyline in Skyrim nothing is ever different about it maybe how I approach it things but the storyline will play out the same as, as it always was the reason why Skyrim people will keep playing it is because of how well done its sandbox mechanics are like you can pretty much role play any way you want to in that game excluding npcs i've seen people's entire youtube channels where they, they they make like a khajiit character and they role play like while live streaming in skyrim because of how good its sandbox is and it's pretty cool and they ha- they haven't really been able to replicate that like they couldn't really replicate that with fallout 4 um and i don't know if they'll be able to do it again with elder scrolls 6 i think i really think they with oblivion and skyrim they like hit gold somehow like by giving the player just enough story, but not too much. So it doesn't interrupt your own role playing in your own head. Because what happens is, is in the cinematic games, and this, this also goes for the Witcher three, which is a fantastic game, but I'm playing Geralt's story. I'm not playing Jason's story. I get to choose that Geralt says, but I'm ultimately still Geralt. But in, in Skyrim, I'm, you know, dick bag, the fucking, whatever I want to be, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm me. Or, or I'm any character I want to be, and it, and that has more weight, I think, than playing a game where your role is predefined for you. And I guess if we're talking about just role playing games, but this goes for survival games too. You can you can easily role play in Rust. I mean, that's, you can easily role play in Fallout seventy six. You can easily role play in that new Amazon game that's basically a, a hybrid MMO survival game. It doesn't have to be a a, a an RPG. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if I'm I don't know if I make sense, but yeah. 
No, no, I think you are. And, and it's kind of interesting that you bring like the RPG aspect of it, of it into it, because I, I think at all levels of video gaming, right? If you are, if you're wanting to play a video game where the, the goal of the video game is to lose yourself in the game. Yeah. Right. And I think that's true with any cinematic video game that you play, uh, potentially a survival video game. Like even if you're going through and you're playing a, a PVP game, they're all kind of role playing games in some sense. Yep. You know, and and I think that that captivating aspect of it makes for some damn good gameplay. Yeah. And I'll give a good example too. With Witcher Three, I've played it one time, and that game is fantastic. But something about its core mechanics don't bring me back in. I'm not sure if you guys experienced the same thing. Like I still have yet to play the DLC. I just don't have the will to. It's something about the core mechanics of the game. I'm not trashing the game. The game is great. It's got a good storyline. I fucking had a good time with it. But I felt like once I got that done, nothing of the game brought me back in for more even if there was more story story DLC, which I own and I still haven't played. Uh, it's okay. I still haven't played that game period. Yeah. So Tim, you play Witcher three. Do you still, you have that, you feel like you have that going too? I got, well, see the way the game's mechanics didn't like, I like the, I like how the game was. The game's mechanics didn't draw me in. So I got around, I think I got around like 13 hours into the game. Before I just never picked it up again. Yeah. It's not to say that I won't pick it up again later, but yeah, it, it, I think it's, I think it's one of those things and maybe this is actually good because the mechanics of that game that actually stopped me were, so I'm in, in an RPG kind of questing game. I'm always, I'm the old school, like, Final Fantasy approach where like, oh, I need to I need to progress. Well, let's go kill monsters and get experience by doing something, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas that game's main mechanic for like leveling up and getting experience so that you have the enough power level to move on to the next thing was to do a bunch of side quests. Yeah, so they have an anti grinding mechanic. Right. And like I I don't know, man. I just I just have never. It, it's really hard for me to get into the whole like, oh, you need to stop the main story, and you need to find out why this girl's why this girl's father was doing something somewhere, and it's like I don't I don't care, you know. Yeah, because you even you, though for the you, thing you, is you, like you want that payoff, you want that the main quest payoff. I want the main quest payoff because yeah, the thing is you, there's cool payoffs in those side stories though. Cause like some of the yeah. side stories are really cool. Like they're actually like full on stories in and of themselves in that game. Yeah. But it's also like, it's like kind of like where I don't feel like I'm progressing and that feels frustrating. Well, did you avoid the, the massive amount of side quests in final fantasy seven? Uh, yeah, pretty much. You did. I mean, you did like chocobo raising or, um, oh, any of the well, weapon, that kind of stuff. Well, so Final Fantasy seven, first of all, I was a lot younger when I played Final Fantasy seven. So it was like yeah. the only game I had. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than today. Um, 
But Final Fantasy VII, I say, was the only game that ever draw, drew me in in that way. I played the entire game, got to the ending, and then went back and did all the stuff that you could do. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, Chocobo Racing, let's get a gold Chocobo. How do you do that? And I looked up online and did all the stuff to do that. Yeah. Went and defeated all the weapons. All that kind of stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. So is your problem that the the side quests aren't tied into the main quest enough? Because like they're like in my mind with an RPG, right? And I don't I'm not gonna be able to give you a good example of this. Um just off the top of my head, but if you have a, an RPG element where there is, you know, a, a main quest that you're kind of going through and investigating and a main story that you're trying to like solve, right? If the side quests are done right and the game's built well, all those side quests should do more to enhance the main storyline and provide more world building, right? Like, yeah, it it would be one thing if, you know, you're if the the story, if the say you're playing an RPG or whatever, and the storyline is there, this horde of orcs that you're chasing runs through this village and you're kind of going through and, and, you know, you're trying to figure out where they're going and, and, you know, what they did and everything like that. And one of the side quests in the village is this girl's dad was kidnapped by one of the orcs. Right. And so as a side quest, you have to go rescue her dad. That would be in my mind, that would be a, a side quest that kind of enhances the overall quality of the game compared to, you're in that same scenario, but your her dad is out picking apples and he got lost. And so you still have to go rescue him, but it doesn't thematically make sense with whatever else is going on in the world. And so because of that, it breaks the flow. Yeah, I could see that. Well, because it's like, why would my character stop what he's doing and do do that side quest? objective like why would i do that you know i think that i think to me if the side quest is so important that it enhances the game like i feel like it should just be part of the main story quest that's my opinion of it like i've I've always felt that like i always get really frustrated in games that your progression is stopped because you have to do this quote-unquote side quest thing it's like well it's not a side quest because I have to do that in order to progress the game. So it's just it's just part of the main story quest. So just make it that. So your problem is that you you in your mind think of them as main story quests and side quests when really you just need to think of all of them as main quests and just do all the <laughs> stories. Well, it and also because they thematically don't make a lot of sense. So like I'll give a I'll give a perfect example, which is um, so a game that I thought was really good, which is Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I know we've talked about that one before a little bit, Mitch, but so I'm going to spoil the game a little bit. So the end of that game, the in order you have to get to this island to do the very last scene of the game and you have to sail in your ship and in order to get to the island there's like two giant like decked out ships that are between you and where you need to go and uh 
so you have to do a sea battle against them. But the problem is, like, you don't you don't have to that entire rest of the game. You don't have to actually do anything with your ship in order to progress the main story. Like, my my ship because I was just like, oh wow, this story is really cool. I was just doing the main story quest. I was kind of ignoring the other aspect of the gameplay, which I kind of thought of as superfluous of just like upgrading the ship and doing this grindy stuff to get new cannons and whatnot. Um, so when I got to that part, like they just like instantly sunk my ship. I was like, what the fuck? This is BS. Cause I like, I, it was like the last mission of the entire game and I couldn't progress past it. <laughs> so for me, I was just like, screw it. This is stupid. I hopped off the boat and swam into shore and was able to get past it with just completely getting around the fact that you had to have some sea battle to get in and play the game. Modern day Ubisoft would just sell you an XP boost. (laughs) Right. Because that's just buy a new ship. That's what they do in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Right. But like that is that one is like the perfect example to me of like a gate that's placed in the game that makes no sense. Because if the end if the end of the game is I need to have a super upgraded extra awesome ship, then part of the main story quest line, like thematically in the game, should me being should me being like buying stuff for my ship or getting an upgrade or I should go on a quest or I should go on a quest that to get whatever thing that I need to get the ship to be better. You know, stuff like that. Like it would. It didn't have that in that game. I thought that was pretty. That was pretty bad. See, and I, and I think I agree with you that that is bad design, in my opinion. Um, but at the same time, I'm. I think that there's a distinction between if you are going into. You're you're going through a game and all you're doing is playing the main storyline because you wanna you wanna progress the main story and you skip over all the side quests and then you get to a point where you can't proceed because you're not high enough level and and you would have been high enough level had you done the side quest. Like that's I think that there's a a line to draw right there because it's are you is that a problem with the actual game's design or is that a problem with the game is fine you just decided to you know skip half the content that you could have played and because of that now you're running into an issue whereas had you played the game the way that they intended it to where you you know you explore and you do all the things and not just beeline it straight for the end you wouldn't have had the issue Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, my retort to that would be, like, if the game was meant to be played a certain way, then that's what my experience should be pushed towards when I play the main story. Like, I don't... The the main story to me is the primary thing of the game, not... It's not like... It's not like, oh, there's this main story, but there's all this other stuff that you can do. It's like, no, 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 the main story is, like, the main thing to do. But doesn't that also kind of depend on the type of game that you're playing? Yeah, because I I could understand that for a cinematic, you know, a a a line story game where the thing that you're doing is the main story. But if you're playing an RPG, I think 
when you have a, a game that's categorized as an RPG, the way to play that game is, yes, there's a main story, but there's also a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah, because I think uh, RPGs in their history, they're really honestly trying to emulate a D&D session, which is never just the main story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, that's why I, I don't, if a video game to me is just like, it's got a good story, I'm less likely to buy it because maybe it's because I, I am one of those old school, you know, I, me and Mitch also played D&D gamers where, you know, you get to create your own story. And that, that's also some of my favorite MMOs is where like an Ultima Online, because there really wasn't a ton of content there. The content came from the players. So like, I, I guess the video game that simulates the ability for me to make my own story the best, even if it's archaic, like Chrono Trigger, that's the, that's that is the game for me than it is like this is the game and here's the story okay fuck off bye <laughs> like I'd rather watch a movie nice does that make sense yeah like it's not a game to me and this is coming from a guy who grew up loving Metal Gear so you can scream at me about that but as an adult I don't like those games I liked them when I was a kid and, and saw stars in my eyes but you know I don't I don't I'm not, I don't know I like to me that's that's not it's not worth sixty dollars. You know, Uncharted yeah. 2, as good as that game is, it's twelve dollar. It's a twelve hour, hour fucking action flick. At sixty dollars, it's expensive. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So, do you guys think that we're seeing a lot more of that in in today's gaming in Sony you, uh, you design? Like, I almost think that it's it's becoming more pre- prevalent in in almost all the games, right? Like, if I think about um like World of Warcraft yep right as as compared to what it was back in the day classic era where the story was about you the the RPG character right kind of progressing through and then there were also like you know big bads in the world to where it is now with these new expansions of there's all these cinematics and there's there's a there is a storyline that you're following when you're playing through the expansion. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the storyline's bad. You know, I, I love the cinematics. I think they do a great job in the, in the art style and they, you know, the production value is really good and I like the story and where it's going, but it's no longer an RPG no. in my eyes. Right. Yeah. Or like destiny is there is a, an, an a, line story that you're driving through and i think like in in almost any game that you buy now that's the case i don't know of a single game that is brand new right now where i can say you know you can go in the story is about you the character not the world not you in the world they put you in and where you can go through and make your own choices and decisions and and figure out how you want to play the game Yeah. Um, I'd say, you know, there's no avoiding that, but to me, it's like, what are the fundamental mechanics behind the game beyond the cinematic storyline? That's where WoW failed is they had this pretty game, but their core, their core mechanics don't satisfy enough to keep people playing. And that's why there is the WoW refugees. That's what was hilarious when we were watching E3 together, where the ESO guys were like, yeah, we had to increase our server capacity. I don't know why. Yeah, they fucking knew why. And then, like, FF14, the same director said the same thing. Yeah, we had to increase our server capacity this year. I don't know why. Like, because they're not going to trash 
World of Warcraft, right? Like they're not going to do that. But the thing is, is like BFA, for example, its presentation is phenomenal, but its core mechanics are dog shit. And so people stop playing the game. So can you can you think of a, uh, an opposite, more modern title where the opposite is true? Well, where so the mechanics are great. Final Fantasy 14 has more old school mechanics where it's like. It's dungeons are smaller. It's it's progression is easier because all of Final Fantasy 14's mechanics are. Oh, you didn't get an item. No problem. Here's your currency for the week. Just like how old WoW used to do it. OK, cool. You didn't get an item this time. No problem. Here's some more currency. Now you can buy it. Like, whereas WoW, it's like, you didn't get your fucking item. Do it again, bitch. Do it again next week. Do it again. Do it again. Oh, you can get Mythic plus 15,000? You're fucked. Do it again. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The, it's not, it, for the, the online games, and I want to bring this up too, for me, you know, I like that FF14 has that cinematic story. So we get people like Tim playing the game, but you and I can just skip that shit. And I'll watch, like I said, I'll watch it while, while I'm eating dinner. Like the cool thing about Final Fantasy 14 is I can go to my end and watch the cutscene while I'm eating dinner and then go play the game. Right. But, um, where was I going with that? Oh, the aspect that, that really matters in the MMOs, regardless if they're cinematic or not, is, the people, the players. And I didn't realize how much I had been kind of brainwashed by our new engineering systems and these online games with matchmaking, for example. Then when I restarted replaying Fantasy Star Online 1 for the PC on a private server where it's its old-ass game from 1999 that was on the Dreamcast where you're forced to group up with people and the only way to do it is to talk to people. And... That makes it sound like I'm annoyed, but I'm really not. At first, I was like, oh, God. And then I started talking to people. I'm like, hey, these people are kind of cool. Oh, wait a second. This is how games used to be. This is how I used to be in Ultima Online. I walk into town and declare myself the Dark Lord of whatever and, and fear me because I used to play Chaos in the Ultima Online. I was an edgy 15-year-old. Like, or, or when Classic WoW was around and you had to scream for a group Everyone finds that to be annoying. So an engineer comes in and is like, oh, we'll engineer a solution. But then they realize they take away the human element from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. And and in my mind, like that was the draw of playing an MMO, right? Like that's, that is why I, I started playing EverQuest uh, and, you know, over some of the other RPGs that were out at the time. And it's because there was that, oh, I can play an RPG, but I can... I can play it with people and I could have conversations with actual people. Yeah. Whereas now, yeah, sure. I can, I see that there's a lot of people running around in, in final fantasy. I, I see that there's a lot of people running around in, in world of Warcraft. I don't converse with anybody. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a reason to, you know, if I want to do a, a dungeon or a, a roulette, there's a queuing system. Yeah. I don't have to talk to anybody, you know, and, and shit in the new expansion for final fantasy, uh, weren't you saying, Tim, they're going to have for the story quest for the dungeons, you can have AI yeah. NPCs go through and play like, yep. Like why? It's just a single player game. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why is it an MMO? Why am I paying, you know, $15 a month for an online subscription to a game that I'm playing as a single player game? I mean, WoW has that same problem, too. They, they all do. WoW is basically a single player game at this point. 
It is. So, which in, and I think that's why a lot of people are excited for classic. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a completely different philosophy from the single player games we're talking about. Where to me, the single player mechanics have to be a, enough variety, a variety to the point that will bring me back to it and let me, you know, sing its praises for for all eternity. You know, like there's a certain set of games that I will always recommend, and those are the type of games I will recommend. Whereas with the multiplayer games, we it's like even if we, let's say like we made the you know Jason and Mitch MMO. And we're like, we're going to make it, we're going to make it like this. And we're going to make it like classic WoW. Da, 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 da. And then, you know, that's what Wildstar said. Wildstar said, like, we're going to be like vanilla WoW. And you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to do all these things. You have to do attunements. And for the first three months, they did that. But then like all the, all the casual people were like, well, we kind of thought we wanted that, but we don't. So can you put in the matchmaking, please? Can you, can you remove attunements, please? Can you take those 40 man dungeons and make them 25? You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, and those are all difficulty things. But when they when they screamed to have matchmaking added, that removed the once again you had to get people to get to the dungeon. And I man, man, I was I was thinking about Wildstar last night because I was looking at some of the developers went to Dauntless, which is a unfortunately on Epic now. But um, I was thinking about that because I remember going in a dungeon with you guys for the first time and 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 just having to work our ass off to get through that fucking dungeon because you had to dodge everything if you didn't. If you didn't, if you didn't do interrupts, you were fucked. Like, yeah. even though it was, it, everyone was like, "Oh, you just like difficult games." I liked the difficult game because it made me and my friends work together to get through the difficult game. If that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah, it does, and I think that's why, at least for World of Warcraft, I think the only thing that's keeping it alive right now Mythic is plus. the rating, yeah, the Mythic Plus and the rating, because that if you're doing that then that actually drives communication and and working as a team you know and i could say a little bit about arena too because you know if you have a if you have a threes team or something and you're doing pvp or or rated battlegrounds you know like there's there's you know a little bit of cooperation that's required in order to do those things and and that is the mechanic that is keeping that alive and i think that's the mechanic that's going to kill it when classic finally comes out and everybody says oh you know i now i can do all of that in 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 the whole entire game but at the same time you're probably going to run into the same issue that wildstar had right where if you have all these casual players and I'm going to use that term lightly because I'm, I'm totally a casual player. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not part of a raiding guild. I don't raid twice, uh, you know, twice a week at the same exact time or, or am part of anything serious. But when you take the game and you make it easier and more convenient, that kills mechanics and that kills the game. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Tim? Well, because it's almost like on the one side, you have casual players who like the game to be easier, right? But the problem is they're not going to stick around forever. So unless as a game, you're an easy game that has a way to continually bring new players in, you're just going to, the game's going to die. See, Whereas but, so, if you're like a super hardcore game that 
it's super hard and it has a really high high uh high threshold to get involved in it and all that it's like well that's great but it only it also means your game's gonna stay small even if right. you have a dedicated well, for fans i well i wonder about that my, though because yeah, my counter to that is more publishers need to be okay with just being eve like eve still makes a boatload of money and it doesn't have nearly the subscribers yeah, it's like 30,000 yeah. or something like that. It's really small. Yeah. But so I think Eve is is on like the the extreme end of, you know, of a hardcore game. Mm-hmm. But I I wonder about that sentiment because if you look at the subscriber numbers for World of Warcraft, you know, when um when Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King was out and I'm talking Wrath of the Lich King before they uh, introduced uh, the Dungeon Finder, the that's when the subscriber numbers for World of Warcraft was at its highest. So I would say that that was a you know geared towards a more hardcore gamer, but it kept the more they kept the casual gamers around more because they actually had to stay around more so they could finish the content. Now you have. Uh, you know, Dungeon Finder and LFR and all these uh, all these different, you know, conveniences in the game that make it to where a casual gamer's happy because they can go in and they can complete the content within a month and cancel their sub. Or they're a casual gamer that goes on and says, This game is shit. I why is it shit? And everything like that, because it's it's geared in a way now to where you don't have to actually play the game to finish the game. You can play it for a month, unsub, and then wait for the next patch. So I don't know if I I don't know for certain if you know a more hardcore game isn't more profitable with more casual players. The sub numbers historically would tell me that the opposite is true. It might appear that way, but I think the opposite is more, more the case. That's sort of that's sort of interesting, an interesting thing. I mean, because yep. I because I wonder in the in the specific example of of WoW, like of all those people who are subscribed when it was hitting its hitting its max, what percentage of those people actually were able to finish all of the content? Well, if you actually look at video game statistics, I actually don't think people give a shit about finishing the content. Um, I think it's like 13% of all gamers finish the games. It's really (laughs) low. Really, really low. But the I didn't finish Burning Crusade. I only did one raid tier. But I kept going for that one raid tier for the entirety of the expansion pack. And I didn't want to join the elite of the elite because I wasn't the elite of the elite player and I was a tank at the time. So I was in a, a, a smaller rating guild, but we met up, you know, once, twice a week to try. And now we could, if we were to play today and Burning Crusade, for or not Burning Crusade, and, and uh, BFA, we'd see everything easily. I think what Mitch is saying is maybe that uh, it, it's a hardcore game, but it didn't matter to the casual people because it still gave us the option of being casual, but we didn't get, we weren't given everything. It, Cause like right now I get everything. 
oh, I want to see the entire raid tier. I just wait two weeks and then it'll release part of it and wait another two weeks and it'll release another part of it. It's a waiting game. So now I don't have to do that. Does that make sense? Well, right. Yeah, I mean, it does make sense. It's it's the different design philosophy of like, do you if you're gating all of your content behind a certain like skill level, then you're just going to have a bunch of people who never are able to access that content, which I think was the feedback which led them to doing it how they do it now. Yeah, I guess. Because for me, like, I find that super frustrating. No, it's I like, don't. I pay all. for this game. Why can't I play all the content? You know what I mean? For me, well, if it depending on the type of game it is, but if it's if it's something like multiplayer MMOs to me have to have an aspect of real life in them. And one of the things about World of Warcraft that did very well was the auction house represents some parts of financial things in real life and can teach you some different skills. And running a guild can teach you some leadership skills and stuff like that too. So I think something triggers in my head when I play like a, a multiplayer game like that, that if it acts like a single player game and gives me all the power fantasy that comes with a single player game, something doesn't fit right. That may, like I don't it's an emotional thing I can't really explain it but something doesn't fit right because the way those games are designed even though they're fantasy games they are slightly designed to be simulators of real life and real life things you're doing I'm a blacksmith which is a fucking job or I'm a herbalist which is a job you see what I'm saying like that's yeah. how I, I see those things so like to me regardless of its content I don't see the illusion of saying you know what I want to be like those fucks. I'm going to try my best to be like those fucks. And maybe I don't get there, but at least I said I tried. I, I, I wasn't just given it. I think that's why the reason why Rathlich King of Burning Crusade did so well is they did do some things to make things good for the casuals, but they still kept the core m- mechanics of the game and it still kept people like trudging along trying to try to get there because it simulated real life in that, in that aspect very well to me. Because in real life, you're not going to see everything. <laughs> you're just not. <laughs> right. You know, but the well, illusion of the American dream, for example, I could be wealthy. I could, or I couldn't be, but I'm going to try. Does that make sense? Right. And I guess that's, that's one of my things with when I talk, when I think about what makes a good, what makes a good game is I, like I approach a video game saying, I want to be entertained. You know? So something it's challenging and it's entertaining, like then I find that rewarding. But like when the game starts getting more, starts feeling more like a chore and it feels like, oh, this is this other life that I have to that I have to do in order to be good at the game. It's like, uh, I'm not it gets me not interested. See, okay, so that is a that is a good representation of what an rpg should be bingo versus what a single player you know story driven game should be and if if you want an experience of uh you know, I, I want to be given a, a story and I want to just be able to, you know, relax and, and play the video game. And yeah, sure, the video game can be challenging, but it, at the end of the day, I can finish it. And, you know, I put my 40 hours in and we're good and everything's golden and I can pick up the next game. Then that is a uh, I mean, it could be a, I guess it could be a multiplayer game, but it's a it's a single 
story-driven video game. If you have an RPG, it's in the name, right? Like an RPG should be like you're living a second life type of thing. It shouldn't be difficult and it shouldn't, or excuse me, it shouldn't be easy. It should be difficult and it it shouldn't have the elements of a storyline driven game where everything's just spoon fed to you. Because otherwise, what's the point? Right. Why would I why would I pick up an RPG when I can go pick up a storyline driven game? And I think that's the that is the issue that is happening with, you know, a a bunch of different uh different video games, you know, specifically WoW, but you know, Wildstar I think had it at the end and um I don't I can't think of any other right now, but those are my two examples and I'll stick with those. Uh when you, when you have those the players that are coming in that are like, "Oh, you know, my friend told me about this game or that game looks super cool, I want to play it." But I'm a I'm a story driven guy, not an RPG guy. Well, okay, I'm sorry. This this game's not for you, and the devs shouldn't make it for you. Like, if you want an RPG, then you better be willing to play and put in the time and effort to play an RPG. See, that's that's sort of interesting too, because like they, because maybe it's a problem. There's multiple versions of what an RPG is, right? Because there's there's games that are considered RPGs. Like, you know, Final Fantasy VII is considered an RPG, but you just play as Cloud. Um, I'm you can rename playing. Cloud. I mean, you can rename him to whatever, but you're still it's the same story. And I'm I'm role playing as this character who's doing this specific doing this specific storyline thing. It's not. It's not like. D&D where I'm role playing I get to do anything I want. So, maybe maybe they need to define terms a little bit a little bit better, you know? Well, back then though, there's... like like FS7 or Final Fantasy ticked off the mechanical things at a time that were thinking what we thought of RPGs, it turn-based, it had stats, it had levels, it had loot, it had uh magic systems, it had all those things. It had the systems of a role-playing game and you were limited only by the video game itself and the hardware. Like I guarantee you an FS7 remake that will be fleshed out way more in terms of what you can do. Like it'll I guarantee you there'll be one thing that I think Tim will not like in FS7 remake, tons of side quests. Oh my god. I can tell you right now they're already going to do it. Yep. And you seem you seem to like that linear path where I'm like, "Oh man, I'm excited to go. I want to go see Sector 7. I'll bust it up. I want to go to Sector 8, which you never got to see. I want to go to the, the place where all the rich people are. Because I grew up on those more sandboxy D&D type experiences. So uh, in my head, I can imagine how big Midgar is. And I only got to see a quarter of it. I, but in my head, if I could make Final Fantasy into a pen and paper game, I would love to go... And I would be like, you know what? I'm gonna go down to the where all the rich people are, and they're 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 fucking you know fucking up the planet with their stupid power. I'm gonna go bust up shit and rob people. I can't do that, but in my head, I can. Like I can still role play in Final Fantasy VII my own way, without with the with the living into the game mechanics. I can still imagine and, and dream if that makes sense. Well, so I think that's that's one of the things about that would just what makes a good story, right? Mm-hmm. Is the like a good story has a bunch of fleshed out side 
um, side story to it that it never actually explores. It's like, oh, there's this other place and we talk about it a bunch, but we're never going there. But the fact that we talk about it makes the story that I'm telling you more interesting because it's like, oh, yeah, like this character is from this place. And what's that place about? That's interesting. And but we don't get to explore it more. And I think it's one of the things that always frustrates me in any kind of media when they decide like, oh, you know, what we need to you know what we need to do. We need to tell why that we need to tell the prequel story of why that character is like that. It's like, eh. You don't. You really don't. <laughs> well, I think and maybe Mitch disagrees with me, but I actually think me and Mitch are on the same point where we feel confined by these type those types of games where we we really want is the Star Trek holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what we yeah. that, that that's like what we really, really want. Yeah. So I think and I think that can be that can be a fun experience too. Totally. But. Yeah, it's definitely. It's interesting. It's like it's it's two. It's definitely two different things. I think mm-hmm. both can be good games. And it's, it's interesting, Jason, when you talk about how it's like, yeah, like uh, Bioshock Infinite was a great game, but I'll never play it again. Yeah, but it's like, but it was a great game. Yeah, and but I, like, I, I still don't think I got my money out of it still. Okay. If that makes sense. Like I got a seven hour playthrough out of it for $60. Right. So I guess, but I don't know. Um, a good game to me is the one that I'll always go back to like a crown trigger. Right. So I don't know. Like it sucks though, because like games aren't, if you're a gamer that is you're one and done, how many times have you reread your favorite book or seen your favorite movie? Those are those are working within the mediums that they're supposed to work in, but games are, aren't. I just don't think they're the best storytelling medium. I think they're a best video game or game medium. Like chess is is so fun to this day because it's a good game. Chess doesn't tell you a story; it tells you chess. You play chess, and I'm not saying I'm not right. arguing that video games can't tell stories. Not my argument. My argument is there is something fundamentally different, though, for me. With a cinematic video game that tells a, a story, a one story, and I never play it again, but I will go watch fucking Beverly Hills Cop 2 for the fucking 19,000th time. That's interesting. Or I'll reread, yeah. I'll reread Ender's Game, or I'll reread Lord of the Rings. Why? What? Why? What? What is the fundamental difference? Those are because those are working within their medium. The problem is, is I don't have a desire to go back and replay the Metal Gear games because I don't think they're using their medium very well. Because they're not really good games. They're well good. Oh, I was just gonna say, and that kind of goes back to what we were saying, you know, towards the beginning is or maybe what I was saying, that the a game can have a good story, but the story should not be the primary function of a video game. And that's I think where a lot of things are going wrong. Is there's there's too much emphasis in the story and not the mechanic. And so you have these these video games like Bioshock Infinite that was awesome. a good story, yep. awesome. but nowhere near good enough mechanically that makes me want to go back yeah, and play it again. It's, it's shooting mechanics aren't very good at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mass because it has the cool magic. Yep, 
The cool magic makes the, sh- the shitty pseudo mechanics a little more bearable. Yeah. See, I, I would say, like, I want the full package. Good game is it has rewarding, challenging gameplay, and it has a rewarding, amazing story. Like, why not both, man? Guys, split your resources, especially when you're trying to impress and wow a crowd. So that's why I don't like yeah. The Last of Us, for example, because that game's emphasis is on its presentation versus its gameplay. Yeah. I mean, I would actually say The Last of Us, other than I do agree with you on the whole, like, Ellie's character is act, act stupid and you don't get any and it pulls there's you no out. detriment to that. Like, other than that, I actually think the gameplay is pretty is, is pretty good. I, I other survival horror games have done it much better. Yeah, I can and see that. So like that's my point is they poured all their resources into making the game pretty, and that's and that's not me. I'm a, I'll trash every other Sony game that's done that. Uh, God of War has done that. Um, Shadow of the Colossus, which is a masterpiece, is not that pretty, but but it is now like that's just Sony's mo now. Uh, infamous games were pretty. Everything has to be super pretty because at the time. When the PS3 came out, no one was buying it. <laughs> and the only thing they had to say is like, well, our cell infrastructure is really powerful. Look at these 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 first party games. But all of our third party games suck shit. Like every single third party title ran better on Xbox in that generation. So what Sony did is because they couldn't really compete on the third party front, they just made really pretty cinematic video games. That's how they oh drew God. people in. Heavenly Sword, man. Yeah, they're like, look at the graphics. Oh, it was so it was so good. It was like one of the, the one of the early games where they're using motion capture a lot. Yeah, look at the graphics. Look at the graphics. It's so good. Like, there's Listen, not very bitch, much gameplay. I'll go back and play old ass fucking pixel ass games from SNES. I don't give a shit about your graphics. Like, I care about the gameplay. So, yeah. That's why I, I was so package. mad. I want both. That's why I was so mad at E3 this year. So many fucking trailers and no gameplay. I want I want all of it. I want amazing graphics and amazing gameplay and amazing story. You're not going to get it because nope. it's like like to me that's what is that's what a AAA game should be. No like, man. If it's not if it doesn't have those three things then it should be a well, double A game. We're all fucked they now. didn't have the money. You know? We're all fucked now because AAA games is we're going to spoon feed you this shit slowly but surely over six years. Oh, God. <laughs> That's AAA gaming now. Dude, Final, Final Fantasy VII is going to be like that. It is going to be like that. that. I do You're realize gonna, it's that. It's just going to be Midgard and it's going to be five years later before they release the next part of the story. Yeah. They're going to they're, they're gonna pull a dot hack. And who knows if they actually end up at releasing all of it. And other companies will follow suit because Final Fantasy VII Part One is going to sell like 20 million copies. And then EA is going to be like, well, can we do that? Why can't we re- release Dead Space Point Two with loot box? Whatever. Yep. <laughs> Dragon so- Age 4 is only Part <laughs> 1. You know what I'm saying? It's like a telltale game. Uh, so I guess like what we're really saying is that what makes a good game is you have to make a good fucking game. Yeah. Well, everyone has different tastes, but yeah, like the, the the problem is is none of us I just I this is the cynical part of me. None of us are going to be satisfied. I I think me and Mitch are going to get some we're going to get some some fixes here. We're going to play some some classic WoW and 
Crowfall will finally come out and I'll get I'll get to relive my UO life again and so I'll get that on the multiplayer aspect, but now the shits infects my single player games. So now I'm not I'm gonna get a spoon fed gameplay narrative everything, you know. Everything's gonna be anthem. <laughs> oh man. Everything coming forward is gonna be anthem. <laughs> you're gonna get Borderlands 3 and you're gonna find out it's only like half the game. <laughs> so. you know and <laughs> the worst part is if if i i would be okay with that right if like <laughs> if i'm gonna say you know 20 hours is a good average single player campaign right for a game time if borderlands 3 came out and it was 20 hours and it was good mechanics and a good story and they're like oh but this is only half the game the next half comes out, you know, or the next quarter of it comes out in DLC the next year. And then the next, the whatever quarter comes out the following year as DLC. And those DLC pieces are just as good thematically, just as good mechanically and like all around good. I would totally be okay with that. I don't need you. I don't need a game company to say, okay, this is how I want the story to go. It's going to be a 40 hour story. And we have to, you know, get it released under certain many, you know, a certain period of time. And so because of that, they cut mechanics or they cut the story or they cut the, they cut the pieces that make things good. I can, I'm okay with people taking their time. And I think that's why I'm okay with, with Larry and studios when they were asked, when is Baldur's Gate three coming out? It, the head of the studio was like, it'll come out when it's ready. We're going to do it right. You know, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Because they're going to make a good game. And I'm okay with waiting for the good game. And if they came out with part of it and were like, hey, this is what we have. Here's a here's half of the story and it's great. Cool. Take another three years to finish it. I don't care. It's I would rather pay half of it now and half of it in three years than wait. 10 years to play all of it. But you're going to personally get Anthem. <laughs> yeah. Dragon Age Anthem 4. Everything's going to be Anthem. So, that's our grim dark future. Everything will be Anthem. You'll get... Everything's going to be Anthem. Everything's going to be catered to the casual players that really... Like in all honesty, don't know what they want in a video game. And uh, every time you every time you log into your single player, it's gonna be a pop up saying, "Hey, there's this bundle wheel we're going on right now. You wouldn't get it now, and it will come again. I'll tell you what." And then, like three months later, it's back. <laughs> now every yep. game is gonna be you just you turn on the game, and then it's just like, all right. Welcome to the game. Plus, press A to play the game, and then it's a thirteen-hour trip, thirteen-hour cinematic. Yeah, it's like, and it's got, and like, and it's, and like Jason will just be like, "Oh, oh, I'll skip the cinematic," and then it just plays the credits. He's gonna be like, "God damn it!" And it's like, like Hideo Kojima's stupid head shows up every now and again. Did you like it? Do you <laughs> oh remember that? Do you remember that from when Metal Gear Four first came out? He did this trailer. And it showed up, I think it was the first time it showed off actual gameplay. And at the end, it did the PlayStation. And at the end, he goes, did you wreck it? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be him. Awesome. Every every 13 minutes, you wreck it. It's, it's like Bender Snatch. I make game. 
Netflix is so awesome. <laughs> All right. No more negative. That's awesome. Good, good, good discussion, I think. Maybe yeah. double A's will yeah. save us, and Classic WoW will save the multiplayer verse, and Destiny will not suck with Activision gone, and the looter shooter will finally have its king that it, it's always wanted, and Borderlands 3 will realize that the Epic Store exclusive was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Only time will tell. But if you're listening on iTunes, uh, leave us a comment and let us know what you think. What makes a good video game or a bad video game in your opinion? Same for on YouTube, depending on how we cut this up. And uh, on the other platforms? Yeah. 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 Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye.